Our conversation from BAE Systems. Hello and welcome to our conversation live. I'm your host, Chloe Tilly, and we're here at BAE Systems Academy for Skills and Knowledge in Salisbury in the northwest of England. Now, our theme for this special programme is building a sustainable future. Here in Salisbury, we have Karen Hoeing, who is Group Environment, Social and Governance, Culture and Business Transformation Director. Also with us is Brian McBeath, who is Sustainability Director, Safety, Health, Environment and Diversity and Inclusion. Now, joining us virtually later in the show will be Amanda Woods, Supply Chain Sustainability Director. Also with us will be Kathy Davis, Head of Strategy, Sustainability and Simulation. And from the US, Jodie Coulter will be with us, VP and Control of the Inc. Business, and Debbie Alan will also join us later on as well. Sustainability Director, Governance and Conduct. Well, here with us and in hubs across the business, we have members of the Sustainability Council with colleagues. And of course, we've got our virtual and our in-person audience with my co-host, Geeta Pense. She's with them. Thank you so much, Chloe. Yes, our audience is made up of colleagues from across shared services, head office, and of course, the air sector. Thank you, Geeta, and welcome to you all. Now, as we explore sustainability at BAE Systems, let's meet our first guest. Karen Hoeing is Group ESG, Culture and Business Transformation Director. So give us an overview, if you would, of BAE Systems ESG agenda and, and the key themes, if you like. As said, ESG is not starting, we're not starting from scratch. It's not something new we are doing. We've worked a long time already on things around the governance piece. When you join the companies, there's a lot of pieces. Everybody knows and you do training and you get awareness, etc. Um, everybody is aware of the safety culture we're trying to instill and got a lot better at it. DNI, still a journey to go, still a way to go. We still can get better at it. Um, but for us, these are kind of the foundation pieces that are already in place. The new themes, which we have to completely rethink how to do them around the climate change. So how do we work on net zero where we have the ambition of being net zero by 2030? How do we work differently as an enterprise? The other piece is around technology innovation. It's not just about the products we build, but also looking at the end use of the product. How do I build in my design the end use of a product at the end of the lifetime? Plus the things we know about different fuel opportunities, different um, technologies. So there's a lot more thoughts behind this than what we could do in isolation today for every single sector alone. So how do we as an enterprise go after this and with a very different mindset? The third one, and I'm coming, it's only four, so this is number three out of four. Don't apologize, it's interesting. <laughs> so the third one is around how do I make BAE systems an attractive, energizing workplace, which is a very multi-generational, multicultural workplace. So how do I get the most of this? Uh, we tend to work in silos and isolation, but we don't leverage this huge scale and the huge knowledge and the huge enterprise opportunities we're having out there. So how do I do this differently? different career opportunities. How do I have career-long learning opportunities if I wanted to? There's a lot more that we could do. And also on the opportunities for communities. There's a lot more work to be done that can be done on the community investment and how we work with communities differently um, and so on. And the last one is around our relationship with our partners. And I'm talking about partners as suppliers as well as partners being our customers and who else we interact with. 
how can we make this much more of a partnership where, where we work together as an understanding where can we leverage from each other's knowledge, what works better in one side and the other side, how do we construct different contracts, how do we actually help each other on the sustainability story, diversity of suppliers as well, why do we work constantly with the same top five, six suppliers, why don't we not look at more medium, smaller enterprises and see how we can pull through. The more diversity we have is the same as for DNI, the more innovation and technology we will bring in as well. So these are the four main new themes we like to go after while still working on the foundation to improve them. We're going to hear lots more from you, Karen, so I'm grateful to you for that. But Geeta, let's go to you because I know you've got some questions from the audience. Yes, thank you, Chloe. And we've got a great audience here and, of course, colleagues from across the group that are joining us online. So I know there are going to be some brilliant questions and comments. We're going to start with Pete. And Pete, um, you know, where do you work in the business? How long have you been here? Um, well, I've been with BA Systems since 1997. Um, I'm currently the head of safety, health and environment at uh, group level. Okay, so you've been here a while. A while. Yeah. <laughs> and so what is your question for Karen? Yes, uh, my question is um, just how important do you think the sustainability agenda is when it comes to attracting and retaining talent? Very good question, especially in the current environment. I'm sure everybody has heard about this great resignation in the US, in the UK, in Europe, everywhere right now. It's a very topical um, question. If I find it extremely important. I think today a lot of employees not only come for the money to work, a lot of employees want to work for the company that also has a brand on sustainability, that does something not just for themselves, but also for the broader good. And I do believe this is very, very high on the agenda for many employees, regardless of age, regardless of generation, and it's becoming more and more important, which is encouraging. I find this very encouraging for us, for the society in general, and hence our um, drive now to get better at whatever we do in sustainability. Now let's speak to our next guest. I'm pleased to say that Brian McBeath is with us, Sustainability Director, SHE, and D&I. Also with us is joining us from Filton is Kathy Davis, Head of Strategy, Sustainability and Simulation. And um, Kathy, let's speak to you first. I'll bring Brian in in a moment. And um, can you take us through the priorities that you're focusing on when it comes to innovation in sustainable technology? Sure. Um, I have three areas of um, key focus, really. The first is to reduce our dependency on fossil fuels. And so in the near term, this is about energy optimization, doing things better with the fuel that we currently use in our products today. Um, but longer term, we need to look at how we move that to a sustainable alternative fuels for the air sector. That's uh, sustainable aviation fuel. As you may be aware, the RAF have declared 100% SAF by 2040. In maritime, it's less clear. And, and, you know, there are a variety of options for a future fuel. So we need to be able to prepare for different fuels and understand the implications of those and the impacts of those on our platforms as we go forward. It's, it's probably worth just talking about electrification when we talk about alternative fuels here. So in, in general, our larger platforms won't move to an electrified option. Um, but it is a growth option, uh, particularly in the commercial sector for the air and um, maritime domains, particularly where we're taking uh, electric aircraft, so the smaller electric aircraft, and also looking at marine hybrid drive solutions. I think my second area of focus is really about carbon footprinting and measurement. You know, we, we know that our um, fuel pieces are challenged, but we don't actually know today what the rest of the challenges are. So it's important that we measure what we do today, baseline it so that we can improve it for the future. And if we look at that improvement, it's also about improving our engineering guidance to support the teams as they make decisions through that whole design chain and the through life programme. 
I think underpinning that, I would encourage development of the digital twin capability. Um, that will help us to reduce our emissions. And in fact, the more we can do through simulation synthetics across that through life, time of the products the better as far as I'm concerned. Cathy you'll be pleased to know that there's lots of nodding in the room as you speak so lots of people agreeing with you. Brian maybe I can bring you in now. When it comes to ensuring a safe and inclusive workplace what role does innovation play in that? I think it plays a big role I mean we use technology and innovation every day in our personal lives and I think we need to move that into our workplace faster than we are today. Um, we have some really good examples going on just now and, and, and communications is the biggest one to our employees in terms of safety and actually it was piloted here in air where we've had uh, a punditry type of video going out to employees. So a different way of looking and communicating to our employees in terms of safety. Another I think fantastic idea because they don't all need to be, be high-end technical solutions as in, as in naval ships up in Glasgow. Um, they've come up with a way of, of stopping dropped objects or reducing the likelihood of dropped objects by using a cut-off piece of material that, that would normally be waste and butting that up against the end of a piece of framework to stop items falling off. Um, I also think that the, we were had a tour here, some of the She Council, uh, a few weeks ago of the factory of the future. And, and I think everything along those lines, if we can accelerate that in terms of, of, of robotics and, and how people interact with machinery in, in terms of, of using their, 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 their company passes to get into the buildings, but using that to allow you to, to access machines, access areas, to make sure you've got training um, uh, to operate that area or be in the area. So I think there's many ways we can do that and, and are doing it today. What would you say excites you most about BAE Systems' sustainability agenda? For me personally, I think the, the word you said there, right in the middle of future. Mm. I, I, I don't think many of us get a, a chance in our career to, to make a step change in an organisation. And, and I really do think that over the last two years, specifically when I've been focused on safety and, and net zero, the, the, the acceptance of change and that drive for change has been fantastic. And I do believe that we're starting today to set up this organisation for the next generation of people to come in because the employees of tomorrow want things differently from, from employees of today. Uh, and for me, that's the most exciting part. Well, joining us now from the US is Jodie Coulter, VP and Control of the Inc. Business. And from our Portsmouth hub, joining us is Amanda Wood, Supply Chain Sustainability Director. In a moment, we're also going to be talking to Debbie Allen, Sustainability Director, Governance and Business Conduct, who is speaking to us from Farnborough today. But Jodie, let's begin with you. Can you give us the US perspective, if you would, on community and industry organisations that you're partnering with in support of those ESG initiatives? Hi, yes. Um, I'm going to start with uh, the environmental front and what Inc. is doing in some of our partnering. Uh, one of the things we did is we joined Energy Star last year. Uh, within Energy Star, we're a part of an aerospace and defense working group that meets regularly to share best practices around energy conservation activities. Um, we've also been partnering with some industry associations, uh, and we're doing that to better understand and also to influence the climate and environmental regulations from our Department of Defense customers. Um, a little bit behind the MOD on requirements there, and so we're more in a shaping stage in the U.S., and so we're trying to be on the front lines of that. Um, switching a little bit to the social piece on a diversity, equity, and inclusion front, We've partnered with a number of organizations across the U.S. Just a few examples I'll highlight include um, that we instituted our first ever social impact partnership with the National Black Child Development Institute. Um, this is an organization that focuses on the social and emotional learning of students of color. 
and it's an important way to address the root of inequity. And this is in addition to our donations to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund and Race Forward, who is the first African-American Supreme Court justice in the U.S. Um, Inc. is also sponsoring um, various uh, summits. Uh, we, in 2022, we sponsored the She Suite Summit, which was a virtual event focused on helping women formulate their next bold move uh, for both work and their own personal well-being. Um, Inc. has joined 500 other leading businesses to support Human Rights Campaign's Business Coalition for the Equality Act. Finally, we've also signed two external DEI pledges that I wanted to share with you. Tom Arsenal, our CEO, um, has uh, signed on to the CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion, which is the largest CEO-driven business commitment to advance diversity and inclusion in the U.S., as well as the CEO Letter on Disability Inclusion. And so these pledges publicly underscore our commitment to make measurable actions to advance diversity and inclusion within our workplace across the US. Let's talk about supplier collaboration because I know that's another key focus and maybe Amanda, I can bring you in on this. How are you driving success by partnering with the supply chain? You know, the first thing is we recognize that we can't do this alone. You know, we need to build those kind of mutually beneficial relationships with all of our stakeholder groups. We need to see our supply chain as an extension of our own business. We need to really have everybody connect and, and own this purpose, if you will, so we, we can kind of drive forward. Um, to give you a view of our supply chain, so the size and shape, and this is just our tier one supply chain, we work with around about 19,700 suppliers globally, and we spend around about 10 and a half billion pounds per year um, with them. So, and as I said, that's just our tier one supply chain. So we have a massive ecosystem here that gives us even more opportunity to, to make a difference in this space. So what we're doing at the moment is we're really working with our suppliers to understand where are they at on this journey? What are their ambitions? Do they align with our ambitions? In some cases, some of our suppliers are a little further ahead or a little more mature and we're learning from them. And in other cases, some of our suppliers need our help and support. And again, we're, we're doing that as well because what we want to do is we want to co-create our solutions as we, as we go forward. And that's both in the environmental space or in that social space where we think about having a diverse supply chain. And that is so important to get that creativity of thought um, and, and bringing that into our designing our future solutions. So I think the other thing I would just touch on quickly is not only are we working individually with our suppliers, but where we can, we're working across industry. So with specific industry groups such as the, the SIPs, Aerospace and Defence Procurement Group, and in the States, the, the, the IAEG, which is a, a, an international aerospace group, and they are a group of suppliers that have come together to say, can we create common solutions across our defence industry for things such as having a common data standard for how we collect emissions from our suppliers or having a common repository so that we make it easier for people to do business with us. Well, let's bring in now Debbie Allen um, to talk about how we can all make a difference. Uh, Debbie is Sustainability Director, Governance and Business Conduct. Um, Debbie, a sustainable future is... It can only come around from a collaborative effort and we've all got such an important role to play in that, haven't we? We can either sit on the sidelines doing nothing or we can get involved and do something. And 
doing something doesn't just mean doing something in the workplace. It means doing something outside, at home, all of those things. And there's plenty of opportunities to do it. One of the things we are going to look at is a more structured approach to employee volunteering so that there are more opportunities for our employees to get involved, particularly in the area of sustainability. But uh, just looking across what uh, the Sustainability Working Group, for example, do, it's all a group of volunteers who are passionate about making a difference. And some of the projects that they've nominated, that they've discussed and said these are issues we're interested in, range across a whole range of things. So um, a new um, uh, search engine platform, every click made, more trees are, are planted. Or it could be getting involved in supply chain up at our Barrow site that they worked on, or looking at the Sustainable Development Goals. They've also run some of the initiatives like Big Ideas and got involved in Big Switch. So vast range of things that you can do. But I think the, the one thing I'd say is don't do nothing. It's all it's our planet. Geeta, I know you're with some colleagues who've got some great examples. Yes, I am. So I have Aaron Milvin here. Hi, Aaron. Um, Aaron, you are Fuel System Lead Tempest Next Gen Engineering, which is based here in Salisbury. Um, can you tell us about your own efforts to try and tackle climate change? Yes, yeah, so I've uh, focused specifically on the individual's role and more specifically on, on my own. So the start of that journey was to track my own emissions. So car mileage, gas heating, electricity usage. I'm basically taking the lessons that I, I gained from that, putting it down into a workshop and I'll be delivering that as part of Sustainability Week. And how does it feel to be involved in that? I mean, it's great just to see the momentum that we're all generating through these activities and, and the community come together and collaboration has been mentioned a lot. It's, it's great to see. Excellent. Thank you, Aaron. And we have one more uh, person over here. Well, we've got David Woolwork. Uh, you are head of pandemic recovery, a very important role, um, but you're also taking part, it's really interesting, a new master's level sustainability apprenticeship with colleagues across the company. Can you tell us about the programme and how it's going? Yeah, of course. So first of all, I'll say it's going well, but we are only a couple of months into a pretty intense two and a half year programme. So ask me again, maybe in Sustainability Week 2023. Uh, but overall, of course, so with Cranfield University, BA Systems, a number of other companies put forward a requirement and a need to try and help understand how we train people, develop people, so they can come back to the business and try and help influence and further the sustainability agenda. And of course itself, it's not really focused primarily on the environment element, although that is a big chunk. There's a huge part on there as well around identifying and understanding the wider social value and how companies like ours and business in general can, can really play a role in creating better opportunities and a better quality of your life for our communities and our regions that we work in. Excellent. I can tell how much you're enjoying it. Thank you so much. Back to you, Chloe. Uh, Corin, final word goes to you. I mean, what have you made briefly of the conversations that we've had for the last hour? I think there's a lot of passion around the topic. I absolutely got the need for collaboration and the willingness for collaboration, which is great to see. Uh, it's a great theme to to drive our organization forward, not just for us personally, but also it will end up in results we see financially, it will make uh, the broader community better where we work and society in general. And now looking at this, I, I fully understand as well the need of focusing more on technology. It's a technology company, so it's very good to see that there's a lot of appetite for it. Karen, thank you so much. Thank you to both you and to Brian, to all of our online guests, um, all of you watching online, and of course, to our audience here. 
Now, if you would like to continue this conversation, and we really hope that you will about a sustainable future, look out for future updates and events all through the employee app. Um, so do make sure you check that out on the employee app. But from me, Chloe Tilly, from my colleague, Gita Pense, um, thank you so much to all of our guests. Thank you for joining us and hopefully we'll do it again. Our conversation back next month.